Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting techniques, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 172. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Vancouver Sleep Clinic. The Australian singer and producer returns this week with his third studio record, entitled Fallen Paradise. In today's episode, we're speaking with frontman Tim Benson about how COVID allowed him to slow down, working with Charlie Perry for the new record, and how Ricky Gervais is a big fan. Here we go. Our guest today is a wonderful singer, songwriter, and producer from Brisbane, Australia. Having spent the last nine years releasing music, touring, and having his songs feature on shows like Suits and The Vampire Diaries. He's returning to releasing music as of tomorrow, when he releases his third studio record, Fallen Paradise. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Tim Pedersen from Vancouver Sleep Clinic. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. My absolute pleasure, Tim. Um, Thank you very much for your time. How are you? I am, yeah, I'm doing great. Lovely day here in Brisbane. Australia, just getting into it. That's very good to hear. It looks like it looks like there's a lot of sun coming into the room that you're in. I am guessing that you're in the studio at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I'm just in the studio. Got a little bit of natural light, which is always nice because I'm not a, kind of a big nature person. So, when <laughs> got the plants and the light happening, it's it's pretty it's pretty sweet. It 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 looks like a beautiful mix. I feel like sometimes studios are. For lack of a better term, they come across as somewhat sterile or just kind of like they're black and grey, whereas, um, uh, and obviously this is a podcast so people (laughs) won't be able to see it, but it's a beautiful kind of light green, tall ceilings. It looks like a very uh, nurturing kind of environment to create music. The um, the cool thing about it is that um, it's actually like an old townhouse, so it's actually got a bit of a homey sort of feel to it. which is really cool because I actually started in my bedroom when I was 17, the Vancouver sleep cleaning stuff. So I've always kind of just been attached to sort of that cozier environment rather than like the, uh, like I don't have the best gear. It's not the best acoustics, but I prefer that more inspiring like look and feel. Yeah. Personally. That's very, very fair. It's, um, is this, the studio where, uh, you've created the album that we, we're here to talk about today? Um, no, actually, so, that, so the album Fallen Paradise, uh, I did in London with a producer called Charlie Perry. So I went over there for four months during lockdown, which is a pretty wild experience in and of itself. 
Um, yeah, I did it with him over there, which is cool. Switched up a little bit. So, yeah. Oh, beautiful. I know that um, I was going to, to touch uh, on, on the work with Charlie. I wasn't sure if maybe the songs were maybe workshopped here and then taken to London with you. Right. But having, I guess, jumping straight into to the record, the record is Fall in Paradise. Um, it is a gorgeous record from yourself um, and it is out later this week. As you mentioned, uh, Charlie did work on the record. He has worked with um, artists like BTS and I think Alfie Templeman. How did that kind of experience, how did it come about and then how was it working with him? So um, I met Charlie, I was in London probably a year before that and I was kind of doing like a bunch of sessions with different producers with the idea in mind of trying to find one that I really clicked with to do the next album. And yeah, he was just one of those guys, like as soon as I met him, just had a really good feeling. Um, you know, you can tell a lot of time with producers, like some of them, they're just trying to get people in and out the door and turn over songs as quick as possible and just make money, which is fine. Cause it's like how a lot of the industry works. But for me, I'm like very much a project person and I like, putting the concept together and he was on the same page as that, which was really cool. Um, he's just super musical and, um, yeah, so we just kind of gelled off the bat and then we were originally going to do the album a lot sooner than COVID happened. So I went home for a year and we finally managed to make it. I, I went over there a year later and we did it. So yeah, it made it happen eventually, but it took its time for sure. Yeah, of course. Um, I think obviously the pandemic has had its effects across the arts and creative industry that I don't think I even kind of need to go through the list because everyone's aware of. Yeah. Um, I guess looking for a silver lining in that from what I heard was this time, as you mentioned, you've been doing Vancouver Sleep Clinic stuff since you were 17. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of been nonstop for you since touring, recording, touring, playing shows, everything else. Um, from what I heard, this the, the pandemic allowed a little bit of a break and a little bit of a, I guess, wind down from yourself in terms of taking stock of what's going on around you and being able to kind of almost have a breather, if you will. Yeah, no, it's so good. Like it was almost a mandatory, like, um, chill out period, which uh, I think I've kind of just been going foot to the floor since high school with the music stuff. So never really give myself the liberty of sitting back and just like reevaluating everything. So that was kind of cool in a way. Like it was, yeah, it was obviously not ideal circumstances, but it sort of forced me into that, that state of mind. Did you feel, or did you find, I guess, that having the ability to stop and change the environment around you, that that, impacted or that your songwriting or creative process was altered from that? Like, did it, did it change anything in, in relation to those things? Yeah. I think the cool thing about the way this album came together is I've never actually done like an album in a full block of time before. Like it's usually kind of scattered ideas over a year or so, however long it is. But this time it was kind of, you know, I'd had this year at home in Brisbane, um, beforehand in lockdown which is the longest time I've been home as well so I had this whole kind of year to sort of like contemplate 
things and think about the next move. And um, I guess all of these ideas just started brimming inside of me. And then I kind of had this four-month period where I could really just dive into it and get it all out at once. So it was a really cool, like, um, cathartic-type experience, um, being able to really actually have that year or so just to sort of be living and be engaged in the present and then be able to dive in also straight after that in one block and kind of say everything I wanted to say. Yeah, of course. Do you think that's a process you would, I guess, haven't now having the ability to have done that, is it something that you'd look at revisiting for, for future releases? Do you think that you'll go back to your previous way? Do you think you'll maybe it's a, a, a mashup of, of both yeah. previous processes? It's hard to say. It's just a really... It's a really difficult industry in terms of the pace that it moves at. And um, the th- cool, I mean, I'm not going to go ahead and say COVID is great really to any at any scale for anything, but the one thing that it, it did do is it was kind of a great equalizer for, for, all, for all artists and whatever level or whatever stage they're at. Everyone's sort of like even, you know, pop stars are staying home so it's kind of like that whole pressure to tour and to release records was kind of the heaviness of that was sort of gone for like two years and i don't know if we'll ever have something like that again because now that we're back in full swing there's just so much um competitive energy between the labels and the businesses and the touring is really competitive because venues are all booked out and it's just like this kind of constant pressure to be doing things um so i think you know it could be one of those things where it's like maybe that sort of time will never come around again that like literal two-year period where everyone was able to chill out and just work on them on themselves and their music um who knows? I definitely learned a lot from it. Like there's bits I liked about doing it like that. But um, even now it's just so hard to still like day to day. I'm just now that I'm back in the grind, just it's so hard to remind myself just to chill out a little bit. And yeah. I feel like we are all, um, what is the word? Creatures of habit. And it's d- yeah. difficult to shake off those previously learned tendencies. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, this new record, Fallen Paradise, it's another gorgeous, very kind of cinematic sounding record from you. Um, having a listen, we were very lucky enough to have a bit of a preview of the record. Um, and I think that my favorite track might have been the title track itself, Fallen, um, Fallen Paradise, which kind of builds and builds when that chorus hits. It's just the payoff is, is, is wonderful. Um, are you able to, I guess, elaborate uh, a little bit more on that song and how that song came about? Yeah. I mean, so the, the song, the song came before the album title. So I kind of like, it was one of the earliest songs I wrote actually. Um, when I was still kind of just diving into the concept I wanted to explore and, I think it was mostly sort of triggered kind of just like what I was talking about before. Like the idea of Fallen Paradise for me was um, having, I guess, your entire comfort zone and everything that you're 
used to and your like your habit and whatever it is whatever that environment is that paradise that you're just so comfortable in just getting taken away like the carpet being pulled from you in a second that's because that's kind of what it felt like i guess for me and probably a lot of other people um when the lockdown started it was just, it's just this whole unknown territory of um it was just this whole unknown territory of I don't, I don't know, just complete ambiguity and what was going to happen next. Like no one really knew. And yeah, it just felt like a crossroads in a lot of places in my life. So that track was, I think, I think it was the second track we did. And it really sort of helped set the theme for me, like lyrically um, for the rest of the album. I can't, and also just the mood. Like I like that feeling of, like I wanted to have that feeling of, um, I guess intent and trying to make the most of the, the difficult situation. And, and that's kind of what that song is to me. It's sort of like that declaration or it's sort of an intent to, uh, to keep pushing forward, even though you like, I'm not sure what's ahead of me, but just to sort of embrace that next thing that's coming. Yeah, of course. We've, um, we've spoken to a few artists who, I think one of the most difficult things that songwriters have faced in the last 12 months or so is, um, how do I word this? <laughs> As you kind of said, it's that thing of wanting to have a song that's about the circumstances of, of now. And as you said, this one's about being able to like push through when you're kind of writing these songs. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Is there something in the back of your mind? No one wanted to write, or I guess some people did, but the difficulty of writing music and it not having be like a lockdown album with it still being influenced by lockdown, if that makes sense, that you, you don't want it to be a, this was their COVID yeah. album or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me is is a lot bigger than that. Like, it, I mean, COVID was one of many things, but like 
you know, I'm 20, 26 now and it all kind of happened around 24, which meant I was like right up due for my quarter life crisis. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think just the timing of that, it's, it's interesting because you hear people talk about that kind of age uh, about being, that being a time where you like, you know, you're really sort of reevaluating a lot of things. And as a teenager, I was always like, nah, like I'm so happy doing my thing. Like I'm always going to love doing this. I'm always going to love being here or whatever. And then I think just like at that point, it just kind of all hit me all different areas of life, just being so unsure. And, um, yeah, that was definitely the icing on the cake, but there's no, like, I didn't want that to define the project at all. It was just part of the circumstance. When you are writing, I guess, what's your go-to method? Um, it might vary time to time. And I know it's obviously not a set formula, formulatic form. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Formula. I can't even get the word out. Uh, It's not a set process, the same process every time. Yeah. Uh, when you when you are inspired creatively, is it usually uh, a lyric? Is it a melody? Does that kind of vary each song of what it is? And then how do you kind of take that thought and then turn it into to what it does become? Um, it definitely definitely changes. I'm a pretty loose person um, in general. Like I don't have a lot of routine in, to my life, so that kind of translates into the studio. I don't really have a set way of approaching things but generally what will inspire me is like a sound um a sound or a texture first i'm not like really one of those sorts of people i've got friends that do it they just kind of like always writing lyrics or poems or ideas down and i've I've never even really had a notebook or anything so i'm not really that sort of person but um weirdly what happens for me is when i hear something and i get a melody i'll just record like a demo take of it with just like gibberish words and so often there's a few words in the gibberish words that kind of stick and it's just really weird how the subconscious like almost tells you reveals to you what you want to say it's almost like something's been pent up inside of you and you hear a certain chord progression or a certain sound and it's like those words just get unlocked and that's kind of how it works for me just before I mentioned as well that your um your music is I will like this album and but your music in general, but it is quite um cinematic, it's quite open in, in its scope. Are you also quite a visual person when you create? Like when you're kind of maybe arranging or, or coming up with some of those melodies, is there ever a maybe not like a synthesis kind of situation, but like yeah, I guess does imagery play a part in that as well? Yeah, yeah, big time. I'm like I think I've just always loved, well, I've always loved movies and comics. And I think like just the natural cinematic feel of my music that's kind of always had, I think is just because of how much, like I love that association between, between like picture and music and soundtrack. So I think a lot of the time when I'm working, even like, honestly, even like a lot of the time I'll just have like, um, old movies or trailers or whatever just playing in the background while I'm working just because I find it really cool to to it just gives it a whole new feel sometimes and you're getting stuck on an idea and then you see like you know some cowboy like riding through the desert 
on a moped and then all of a sudden it feels cool again. So, yeah. <laughs> that might have changed how I'm going to re-listen to some of this album moving yeah. forward. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know that you're a big uh, Hans Zimmer fan, the, the famous composer who yeah. um, kind of does that. Have you ever thought of, obviously there's Vancouver Sleep Clinic, have you ever thought of kind of putting your skills to something like that, to scoring and, and soundtracking? Yeah, that's actually been a dream of mine. I think I'm just waiting for the right, you know, uh, the the right timing and the right fit. Because I think the thing is, like, I've got a few friends that do soundtracks and my brother actually does movie trailers. And what they all say is that a lot of time, especially in the um, commercial film world, it's just such an intense job. Like, it's so um, time-sensitive and, um, yeah, just, like, you know, you just don't sleep much for, like, the month or two that you're working on it, essentially. So I think I just need to be at that point where, um, you know, I can lock myself in a room for two months and (laughs) and I think with the right director too because, you know, I don't really want to be getting yelled at all the time but um <laughs> i'm definitely it's definitely a dream of mine like i can't wait to do it one day but you know hopefully it'll be the right thing the right time 100 percent, 100 percent. i am um, i feel like you're already well maybe not half of the way there i feel like you've you've already got some good steps in place your music or the band's music has been synced quite um quite heavily or like you've, you've had i think Having a look at the list, there was the Vampire Diaries, Suits, The Good Doctor. Um, there was numerous, like, you kind of keep going on and on. Yeah. Do you find, um, I guess this is a two-part question, do you find that the song takes on a different context or different meaning to you when you see it being played alongside a visual image like that? And then I guess, secondly, do you find that that then opens you up to new fans that you might not have been exposed to previously? Yeah, honestly, like, Sync's my favorite thing in the world. It's just the ultimate win-win for an artist because you get that, you get that music, you get your music in a whole new look and and you get paid and you also get to reach a whole new group of people. So it's just, like, an awesome, it's an awesome, like, collaboration. Um, So, yeah, I, like... Yeah, I'm super. I've been super lucky, like you said, like to have a few really cool spots. Um, and yeah, like hopefully, like I can get a couple more and keep it rolling. It's always <laughs> just so exciting. You know? Sometimes it's even a show like my parents would be watching or something. And um, yeah, it's just such a cool feeling, like hearing because you know you watch all these shows as a kid and like you never imagine that you actual some song you made in your tiny little bedroom would end up on one of them. So it's pretty cool. I can imagine it's a very, very cool feeling. I'm not sure if um, this is directly linked to it, if this is how it happened, but I, I believe that one of these things maybe led to a um, uh, an expression of love from a very famous admirer of yours or a very famous fan in the form of uh, Ricky Gervais uh, <laughs> admitting that he's quite a fan of your music. I think it was um, Someone to Stay that he, that he said was a brilliant song or his favourite song ever. Yeah, that was like, that blew my mind. I, I have no idea how I found it, but I remember getting, I was actually hanging out with all my friends. It was around Christmas time. 
and we were all sitting at the tape, like we were all sitting outside having beers. And I just got a notification that he tweeted at me and I like just did a full double take. I was like, wait, what? And we'd all just been watching <laughs> Afterlife, like Afterlife was coming out at the time and it was just so surreal. So that was just one of those moments I like, I'll never forget. It was a massive fanboy moment. <laughs> That's incredible. That's awesome. Um, Tim, I know you're about to, uh, I think in September, sorry, so not right now, but um, you are going to take the album on the road. I think you've got dates in across Europe in September. Can we expect to see you um, playing some Australian dates uh, sometime by the end of the year? Um, not by the end of the year, but I'm hoping early next year. Beautiful. Yeah, but 100%, like I can't wait to get to get around Australia again. Just got to, um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't quick enough on the trigger this time around. I think there was a bit of a build-up as well from the the COVID stuff. and um, But, yeah, early next year is the goal, like to get into some venues and get, get back into it again out here. Yeah. Beautiful. I know that there's a lot of people excited to see you uh, back on the road and touring again. Um, lastly, we would usually ask, I guess, what they're currently listening to, if there's a record or a single EP track, whatever it may be, that's taking your fancy at the moment. Is there anything... Um, that is, uh, yeah, that's currently your favourite. Oh, I've actually been tapping into some older stuff, weirdly. So I've been getting into, um, been getting into Portishead, Dummy, like a lot. Um, nice. And some old Massive Attacks. So kind of just like the 90s, like sample stuff has been really fun. Um, because I just rec- I also just recently got a record player and I've been trying to like do some crate digging and scratching just for fun. So I'm just kind of getting obsessed with these like old, old, <laughs> they're not even, I mean, I guess they are kind of old albums now. If you look, think about the nineties, it's like 30 years ago. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I don't know. I'm feeling like I'm reaching that, uh, that point where I'm like, you know, I'm not listening to as much new stuff as I used to. I don't know if it's for the best or for the worst, but, um, I keep going, finding these old things. My, my dad owned that I used to think was so dorky and now I'm like, oh, dad, you're actually pretty cool. You <laughs> <laughs> listen to cool music, dad. <laughs> I, th- I think it's a lot of people I've spoken to and I'm very guilty of this as well was like, yeah, for years being like, dad, you have no idea what you're talking about. And then at a certain yeah. age just going, oh, no, you're pretty smart. You got it. It's fully a thing. It's fully a thing, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> that age. Crazy. Um, Tim, thank you very much for your time today. I do appreciate it. Congratulations on the new Vancouver Sleep Clinic album, Fallen Paradise. It is out later this week. But um, thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Vancouver Sleep Clinic for his time. Fallen Paradise is out tomorrow and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to stream the record. We also want to give a huge shout out to Shari at Great Company Collective for helping out with today's interview. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning and we now have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the player's profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers.
each Wednesday and Friday morning, and we now have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify, and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.